Hello, GO members and listeners. My name is Islam Kulogli, and this is the After Bargaining Podcast, a podcast on the ongoing bargaining between the Graduate Employees Organization and the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I am joined with Ben and Chelsea, the lead negotiators of the bargaining session that took place yesterday on the 25th, eighth month of the year, 2022. Like last episode, this episode is also special because it was our first in-person bargaining session and it is the session where we received a counter-proposal from the administration. Like after every bargaining session, the bargaining team sends an email with a textual summary of the session. These podcast episodes provide more details and voice to the lead negotiators to bring up various pressing issues from the session and what members can do to fight for a better contract. Ben and Chelsea today will provide a summary of what the two-hour bargaining session included. But before jumping into the session, Chelsea, can you tell us about how the day started? Yes, of course. Thanks so much, Esam. It's great to be here with you and Ben. Um, And so our bargaining session was special, uh, our 10th bargaining session after almost more than five months of negotiating with university admin and still not receiving a contract proposal. Uh, So this session, we uh, greeted the administration with a very powerful rally and picket line. Uh, We had, I think, around 90 attendees there. Um, It was a very beautiful show of power and solidarity. There were GEO members, undergraduates, faculty. We had members of the Service Workers Union, SEIU, AFSCME, um, clerical, uh, child care, and other workers and we all gathered together, we marched, we chanted, um, we, we demanded a fair contract. Um, I also spoke at the rally as well as one of our co-presidents, Carla. Um, and then after we had gathered outside of Illini Union, we actually marched through the Illini Union um, up to the bargaining room. And in the bargaining room, we did a few chants as well so we could um, give another uh, greeting to the university administration. And I thought this was really powerful because it showed that our actions outside the bargaining room have as much of an impact as our actions inside of the bargaining room. It's really uh, how we show the administration that the issues that we're fighting for are important to us uh, and necessary for our uh, very survival. Yeah. And how many people roughly attended the rally, if you could give an estimate, and also inside the session? And how did it, and this is the the second time that you led a bargaining session, Uh, the other two maybe were uh, online, right? So how was was it for you to be leading an in-person session and also like the numbers and so forth? Yeah, great question. Um, I loved uh, leading in an in-person room. Um, there was about, uh, I would say, 90, 90 to 100 people in the um, rally, and then about 80, I would say, members in the in-person bargaining room. And for me, it was a much better experience than uh, bargaining online because it felt really great uh, to have a huge room full of members backing us up. Um, and for the university administration to have to walk in while all of the members were there staring at them, chanting as they're walking in, um, and have to, you know, present their proposal to our faces, look us in the faces, in our faces, um, while they are, you know, many times denying the most basic needs that we have in, that we proposed in our contract proposal. 
Wonderful. Um, hopefully we'll see members more engaged uh, in the next sessions, which I think, Ben, is roughly in two weeks' time. Yes. Um, okay. So we're going to keep the listeners maybe on their toes for a bit here because we will briefly discuss the ground rules before talking about the contract proposal or the counterproposal that we received from them. So, uh, Ben, what happened with the ground rules? Uh, so we've been going back and forth on ground rules uh, with the administration for over five months since the very beginning of bargaining. And uh, this has entailed a lot of issues over the course of the uh, time spent negotiating on them. One of the big sticking issues was uh, ensuring hybrid access, which we eventually won uh, through sort of protracted engagement and commitment to that, but then also um, for in-person bargaining, which uh, we're going to be doing going forward, uh, is, you know, making sure that we have the capacity for the membership that Chelsea just noted. We uh, have historically brought a large contingent of members with us into the bargaining room, which is exceptional for union bargaining, but as a democratic and member-run union, we take that very seriously. And we want to make sure that our members, like Chelsea said, have the ability to see, you know, the administration and how they carry out negotiations and treat, you know, uh, negotiating the living conditions, uh, the, you know, quality of work of graduate workers, what kind of, you know, candor or lack of it they bring to the table. So we uh, finally managed to get the administration to sign on ground rules uh, at the last bargaining session. Um, they accepted GEO's uh, revised counterproposal, um, which you know uh, we think will provide us with the uh, capacity to um, have our membership, you know, Present in the in-person room will maintain, you know, hybrid access for the immunocompromised and people that must attend online and, uh, yeah, other issues as well. So we're very happy about that. We're very excited to have, you know, put that behind us and move on to the substance of bargaining. Wonderful. Um, and then um, after that agreement in the bargaining session, which I was taking notes for, uh, we received the counter proposal from the administration. And just a context, we gave them one roughly six months ago, and they haven't gotten back to us until now. Um, and just to prime our listeners for what they will hear in detail from Ben and Chelsea, what, in uh, what is included in their counter proposal. Our contract proposal was roughly 40 pages written by around 17 volunteers, meaning PhD master's students who sat down on the side of their time and commitments and wrote this document. Uh, their proposal, uh, 10 well-staffed administration, right, getting paid a lot of money, uh, which was just roughly 16 pages. So it's much more lighter than ours. Um, what is in their counter proposal? Yeah, so um, like Assam said, it's roughly uh, 16 pages as opposed to the approximately 38 that GEO provided. Um, and that's, it's both, you know, 
shorter in terms of length, but also in substance and the issues that it covers. Um, for instance, the administration has proposed uh, essentially the status quo, which is no further uh, protections or uh, expansions to se important sections for graduate workers like childcare. Uh, the GEO proposed substantial increases in the resources and uh, you know uh, access available to graduate workers who are parents for their childcare. Um, also, protections against overwork was nowhere to be found in the administration's uh, proposal. And then um, other important sections like uh, you know making the English language proficiency test equitable, and also uh, you know eliminating uh, undue burdens uh, on the you know, that the university places on international students as well. Uh, those received no response as well. And I mean, we could go on and probably record 20 more minutes of a podcast episode just identifying the things that the university doesn't take seriously enough to include in their counterproposal. But those are some of the major issues that, you know, our members uh, really flagged when they heard and responded to this uh, during session yeah and also the thing that i have dedicated most of my time on from the contract was childcare, uh, and i have no children i just care about the cause and like all the other causes in the contract it was not mentioned also in their counter so that's something was like uh that's the second thing i looked at after looking at wages because um it's how important it is for a lot of graduate workers uh, but maybe, okay, you know, we always try to buy the good side and the bad side, trying to be objective and whatnot, not really, but Chelsea, what is in their proposal? <laughs> so, Yeah, so um, we spent most of the session actually reviewing admin's proposal. They provided some rationale for us, um, and then we got a lot of feedback. This is another reason why it's really important to have members in the room, um, because a lot of uh, our caucus, um, which as a reminder is when members only are in the room providing feedback, um, engaging in discussion over proposals, uh, questions, etc. Uh, so during caucus, we asked members to help us review the contract and, and take notes of any, you know, inconsistencies they noticed, anything that they were confused about. And from that process, um, bargaining team was able to take some of those questions and actually pose them to the administration so we can get clarity on what it is they're proposing. So just to review a couple of the uh, major issues that we asked about, um, admin's wage proposal, um, to our understanding, is offering the same wage raise that has already been offered through the campus wage proposal program, which is a program that's determined by the provost, uh, deans, and other campus administrators outside of the bargaining process. So they proposed essentially the same raise that's being proposed to research assistants right now through that process, um, which amounts to ultimately less than an $80 raise a month. Um, right, so I can maybe <laughs> buy groceries for a week with the rate of inflation right now with the, the wage increase that uh, admin offered in their proposal. Another thing um, that members brought up uh, that they noticed was actually there was a discrepancy between what admin told us on the record regarding the wage increases they were offering us and what was actually written down. And so we came back and we asked admin about those discrepancies, and the response was basically, well, uh, these are rough calculations. 
Um, and that felt a little, um, <laughs> I don't know, disrespectful uh, in some ways, given that we had put so much effort into, you know, our proposal, making sure we had really uh, costed out our wages, um, you know, making sure we were taking into account members' needs, um, as well as coming to a mutually beneficial agreement with admin. Um, another big issue um, that members brought up was the issue of health care. Um, a lot of our health care proposal was um, not considered an admin's counter proposal, um, but the part that was, um, we were concerned about um, because there were certain conditions in place for who could get summer health care, and it was only included for two of the five years um, of admin's proposed contract. Um, so it was kind of a, a way of, it seemed like trying to appease us without actually addressing uh, the needs that we have, which is not just summer health care uh, for the, you know, a couple of years, not just summer health care during the pandemic as we've, you know, experienced the past couple of years, but we need year-round health care coverage um, for the future of, of graduate labor to be able to be accessible. Yeah, and that's something very bizarre to uh, see it being proposed just for the f next two summers, but not the next five summers. And their contract is it looks like it's going to be a five-year contract, the, the ones that they're proposing, despite the fact they didn't say it explicitly. Um, I want to kind of uh, po uh, point out uh, the importance of members in this session. Uh, usually in, in caucus is that we, all of us collectively sit with them, and then there's kind of back and forth between the bargaining team and the caucus. But this one was um, very unique because we also had our own kind of caucus as a bargaining team. Uh, and and something was very beautiful. It wouldn't have happened had there been like le smaller participation. Uh, if there, uh, when we went to caucus and they went to caucus, they are non-bargaining team members. Um, there was a good discussion happening amongst them that we learned from them uh, things that we did not notice ourselves. And so it was very enriching for us um, as a bargaining team who are so immersed into the text that to actually look at the basic things sometimes, but also some things that were in uh, much more detail that we just omitted. So in general, um, if you could just say, what are we looking for in the future? Well, what's, what's happening next? Right now, a lot of uh, people who don't know much about bargaining process and so forth, they're like, oh, so this is the counter. Is this what we're going to sign? Is this our, the, the last thing? Is this, is this over? So wh what's happening next? Um, so I think bargaining team is going to review uh, admin's counterproposal. Um, we actually have a general membership meeting next week, and so that's another really important event for members to attend to be able to provide their questions and feedback so that bargaining team can be able to come back with a response to uh, admin's counterproposal. So I would say the next steps are bargaining team um, getting together, looking over the proposal, discussing, and then getting input and feedback from membership at the general members meeting. And Ben, do you want to add anything? Uh, no, I'd just like to add that uh, going forward, I think as Chelsea expressed and that all, uh, some also noted is that like we had a really impressive turnout and show force at this in-person session, our first in-person session. And the bargaining team and I were greatly heartened by this and we thought it was, you know, strategically extremely important as well as you know uh invigorating for all the members who attended but we need to keep up that energy going forward you know like in future sessions uh they will also be in person and we need to make this a consistent uh thing uh so we can keep this momentum and this force going forward and our next uh 
bargaining session, I found the date, is uh, Tuesday, September 6th from 4 to 6 p.m. So, yeah, definitely make sure to show up to that. Bring your colleagues and uh, fellow GEO members out, please. Thank you so much. And then, as I always like to conclude the episodes, that you can be just a listener and share these episodes with your friends and fellows who are impacted by this uh, bargaining process and also contract. But it's also that you can participate. There are many ways, and you can, at the smallest capacity, attending a bargaining team meeting, see what things one can do in those meetings, but it's also help us with research. Um, and just engage with us in whatever capacity you can. You don't need to sign up for everything. Um, yes, thank you so much. Stay connected. Take care. Bye.